know, one of the things that, that as we do in this, as we read this, as we study this section, you know, we're talking about the gospel, and as we said before, the Romans is a gospel, that we can take the gospel, in, in some ways we, we, can, we can kind of, you know, boil it down, you know, it's, it's, you know, simple enough that even a child can, can, uh, can get it and understand it. And, that, and that's good. I mean, that's a good thing. I, I think back to my own uh, conversion, um, and and uh, um, if you'd asked me, you know, when when I when you know the, the the day that I responded in faith, it was pretty simple. I just didn't want to go to hell. That was it. I mean, to me, this this was this was the the way to 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 get out of hell. I, you know, just you know, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, and through that can be saved from hell? I'll, I'll, I'll grab with both hands. Um, but, you know, one of the things about it is, is, is what does faith look like? What does it look like? What is the gospel? And what, what is all that? And, and, and it's, it's wonderful that it, that it can be boiled down. I think, unfortunately, we've taken it and, 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 and not just boiled it down for children, we've pared it down until it's lost a lot of what it means. You know, this week... Um, I, I was read, I read a news article, and you know I love to read the news, keep up with it. But this week it was about a TV show, and, and what caught my attention was the quote. You know, so I'm, I'm kind of skimming uh, the internet, the news, and I, I hit upon this quote. Uh, this 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 woman, she's an actor or not an actor, she's on a TV show, and she said, "But Jesus still loves me," and which I always want to see the name Jesus in the news. It's like, whoa, what's this about? You know. So uh, it was about a woman that claims to be a Christian, and and I don't mean that in a, in a negative manner. I just I'm just saying her claim is I am a Christian. I don't know her heart, you know. So that that's just that's just a, her 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 uh, pronouncement. She claims to be a Christian, but she's decided to have sex with men on the TV show. Um, she says that um, that that she feels like this is the right thing for her to do. But she's not worried about it because Jesus still loves her. That's her, her claim. Um, some people have reacted to, to her, you know, and what she said and, and all this and criticized her and, uh, over her decision. But she says she knows that God still loves her, that Jesus still loves her, and that no one has a right to judge her. Also, um, I, I, I don't know if anyone else, anyone else read this, but a, uh, a church in Minnesota and a pastor, the pastor was defrocked and the, the church was, was asked to leave the denomination this, this, this week um, over uh, uh, gay marriages. One of the uh, staff members of the church had formed a, uh, a marriage for two women that were part of the worship team. And this uh, evangelical church has, has uh, withdrawn. This is one of the founding members of that denomination that withdrawn from that church and asked them to, to and, and kicked them out of the denomination and defraught the pastor. And I think, and, and here's the thing: this is this is what's so crazy about it is, is they all would say that that and, and the pastor said the same quote as the uh, the woman who who on the TV show. But Jesus still loves me. He still dies for. He still died on the cross for. I, they, they both of them have said, "I still have faith in Jesus." So I'm safe. I'm good. It's all. It's all right. 
how do we get there, you know? What is the gospel? As we read through this, and this is where we come back over and over as Paul talks about this in Romans. What is the gospel? What does it mean to us? This is the gospel. This is the power of God for salvation. So let's read our passage, Romans 3, 21 through 26. And as we discuss this, what is the gospel? What does it mean to us? Um, how does all this fit? Romans 3, 21. But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The book of Romans is about the gospel. He is, this, is, this is the treatise on what is the gospel. What is the good news to us? What does it mean? Paul is writing to the church in Rome to explain to them the gospel. And this, this is how he can strengthen them. He, he said, I, I would, would come to you that I could strengthen you and be mutually encouraged. Their, their strengthening is through the gospel. Their encouragement is through the gospel. This is what it's about. This is the whole point of Romans. From Romans 1.1 to the end of chapter 16, it's about the gospel. This is how everyone in the church is strengthened and encouraged to walk the Christian walk. This is how we do this, through the gospel. In fact, Martin Luther said that we should preach the gospel to ourselves every day. To be a believer, to, to, to do this walk, to walk after God, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. I remember the first uh, Together for the Gospel conference I went to with, with Jack and, and, and others, and Shane was the first one I ever heard articulate this, and, and Jack kind of re repeated yesterday because he had the same thought. He said, Shane, was, Shane Bonham was up there, and Shane said, so, so up there talking at the Together for the Gospel conference, and, they sit and, and one of the men sat up there, that, that, that as his role as a pastor was to proclaim the gospel every single day and every single sermon. Every single sermon was about the gospel. And Shane said, I thought, man, that is the, has to be the boringest thing in the world. How do, you, how do you proclaim the gospel every day? And to him, in his mind, the gospel was just talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That, that to him, that was the gospel. That, he was, that, that when this man was saying that, he said, I am, that, that's all it was. He thought that has to be so boring to hear that every week. But what, what, what Shane was missing is that in our, in our, in our desire to, to, to make the gospel more, more uh, uh, palatable, easier to, to serve to, to children, that we've cut it down to the point that we're saying it's just that. And there's so much more to it. We reduce the gospel to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as if that's all we need for life. That's all we need. 
and so much more. Here in chapter 3, as Paul's making this transition from the sins and depravity, verses 1, 18 through 320, as he's been focusing on our, our sin, the, the sin of mankind, the sin within the church, our, our, our basic depravity, our inability to obey God, he's making this transition from that to faith, and he had begun this discussion with a discussion of the manifested righteousness of God. That he said, he said, if we're going to understand the gospel, we have to understand this is about the righteousness of God. It's about seeing God as right. Seeing that all that God does is true and good and right. Verse 21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. All the law and the prophets bear witness to it. He said, God has revealed himself. He's shown himself to be righteous. And this is a very significant part of the gospel. The righteousness and the glory of God. The gospel is this revealed righteousness. So I ask you a question. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? You know, the, the, if we ask that question, I'm sure you can imagine what the answer is you hear right off. He died on the cross for me. It's all about me. There was a song, um, and, and the song is a beautiful song, well-written song. It's, it's, it's above all. I'm pretty sure many of you know the song. I'll never forget the first time I heard it. I was at a, uh, uh, a missions conference in Kyrgyzstan, and, 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 and we were there with a whole bunch of believers, and, and this church had come in, and they were, they were teaching this new song that just come out. And it's beautiful, you know, beautiful song, great, great, uh, uh, sounds good and everything. But at the very end of the chorus, it says that above all, that when Christ was, was, was on the throne, the very highest, the pinnacle of, of, of Christ's thoughts was me. It was about me. And that's so, and we hear that, I hear that sentiment so much. So why did Jesus die on the cross? It's about God. It's about God. As we said last week, God's righteousness has been revealed through, through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And, 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 and also, there is no distinction among all who believe. For all who believe have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all who believe are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And we said this is talking about us and our salvation. That this all you who believe includes you and me. And as I pointed out last week, I talked in such a big deal. It, it, that, that it is that our faith is in Christ Jesus. That 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 I, I'm making a big deal of that preposition in Christ Jesus because it is a big deal. Our redemption is in Christ Jesus, but the tendency today is to say that our redemption is through faith in the death of Christ. That this that this is our, our redemption. Our redemption is that 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 is through. It's through faith in the death of Christ. Do you believe that Jesus died? Yes. Well, good. You're good, man. It's all set. That's all you need. 
If I believe that Jesus died on the cross, I don't have anything to worry about. I can do whatever I want to, right? This, this, becomes, this becomes our pledge of salvation. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Great. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. Great. I mean, it's, it's it. Question is why? Why do you believe? Well, because if I don't believe that, that means I'm going to hell. And, and I want you to know, I understand that. I started there. I agree with that. But is that the only reason you believe? Because if I, because if I don't believe that, then I have to believe I'm going to hell? Or do you believe that because God's word said this, and I believe this is God's word? And so when I say my faith is in Christ Jesus, it is in everything about who Christ Jesus is. Is this thing we're talking about? We, we've changed this idea of faith. And we're going to spend so much, this is what Paul wants us to get. And he, we've changed the idea of faith from faith being this, this life commitment, this, this Hebrews 11 commitment of this walk and this belief that, that all that God says is right, that God is the one who created the world, and God is the one who wrote this book, and God said it. We've changed it to mean just a mental ascension that I believe this really happened. I think that really happened. But why do you believe that? What does it mean that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross? Do you believe that because this is what God's word says? And if God's word said it, it's true. And so it affects everything about who I am and what I'm doing. Or do you believe it because if I believe that, I don't have to go to hell. I'm good and safe. That's all that matters. It's a big difference. Because we know in verse 25, whom God, talking about Christ, whom God, God puts Christ forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. It is God who put Christ Jesus forward. Or as the Holman says, presented him. God said, God presented Christ as the propitiation for our sins. And this is a very interesting word. Propitiation only appears one other time in the Bible, and that's in Hebrews 9, 5. And it and it's also was the name of the mercy seat. The name of the mercy seat was called the propitiation. In, 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 in the Greek, in Hebrews 9, 5. And over it, the cherubims of glory shadowing the propitiation, the mercy seat on which we cannot now speak, particularly. And it's referring to that lid or covering of the Ark of the Covenant. And in the past, this has led people to think that, that the word meant to cover our sins, but that's not what it meant at all. Propitiation means to atone for or to pay for through a sacrifice. And if you look, up, look it up in the, online, say, what does propitiation mean? They say to expitiate, as if that really helps, you know. I didn't understand propitiate. Now, you, I'm going to explain about expitiate. I thought, well, okay. But I think, I think the Bible does a much better job explaining what it means. So, you know, when you look at Leviticus 16, 15, as, Paul is talk, or as, as uh, God is talking about the Day of Atonement, 
And what that Day of Atonement looks like, he said that on, in Leviticus uh, 16, 15, that when he, Aaron, or the high priest, slaughters the male goat for the, pe- for the people's sins and brings his blood inside the veil, he must do the same with this blood as he did with the bull's, with the bull's blood. He is to sprinkle it against the mercy seat and in front of it. So when on that Day of Atonement, and every year the Day of Atonement, they were to take, first of all, blood for, the, for their own sin, for, the, for Aaron and his household sin, and take it and sprinkle it on this covering, this lid to the Ark of the Covenant, and then take more blood for all the people, for the atonement for all the people. Had to be covered in. And you see those pictures of the Ark of the Covenant. It's this big, beautiful, shiny gold thing. And that's not it at all. It wouldn't at all look like that. If we could have seen the Ark of the Covenant, what you would have seen was just covered in dried blood. Here was this beautiful golden golden, uh, seat of these cherubims with outstretched arms covered with dried blood from year after year after year of being sprinkled with that blood. And, and, And they looked at that and they said, that's propitiation. Not a covering, but, but an atonement. And that's what it stands for. And he said that this, this atonement, this was the atonement for our sins, our hope for the payment for our sins. And this is a picture of Christ on the cross. Our hope that our sins are, that are atoned for. And, and it's to be received by faith. That we receive this propitiation by faith in, in Jesus Christ. And as long as we believe that, then we're saved. But much like the woman, the woman we, we, we talked about, or the pastor that, that, that performed this homosexual marriage earlier, they still believe in Jesus Christ. They still profess love for him. That was what was so unique, so, so interesting about the articles, is both articles... Both of them, both the woman who, who was, who was uh, for, the, for the good of the show, for the sake of this TV show, has said, well, yeah, I'll have sex with all these men. All these guys I'm dating, I'll, I'll have sex with them. It's, it's for the show. It's for the good of the show. As well as this, 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 this pastor who says, well, man, we'll welcome anybody in our church. We don't care. You can, you can, be, you can be adulterer. You can be... You can be a, a thief, you can be uh, anybody, you're welcome, come on in, you feel comfortable here. We'll, we'll, we'll perform any kind of wedding, it doesn't matter, whatever. Both of them, in both those articles, they said the same thing. We still have faith in Jesus Christ. We still believe he died for our sins. We still believe God loves us. I have trouble seeing how they received propitiation by faith. Do they really believe all this says about who God is and what he's done? Do they believe this is right? You see, they don't believe the entire word of God. Or as Jack called yesterday, they want a salad bar gospel. They want to pick and choose what's right or what's true. And this is not how the gospel is received. The gospel is not received 
by saying, I like that part and that part, but this part right here, no, I don't really like that part, so keep that away. It's received by faith, or it's not received at all. See, because the gospel is not about you. It's about the manifestation of God's righteousness. It's about God revealing his righteousness to the world. It's about God demonstrating his righteousness. This was to show God's righteousness. God put Christ forward in order to show or demonstrate God's righteousness. And, and, and again, as we said before, that, don't get lost in that word righteousness. It just means to demonstrate that God is right. That God knows best. Do we really believe that God is right? Do we really believe that? And we, that's, that's our struggle. That's, that's what it means to sin. I sin because I don't believe that God's right. I believe that God said to do it this way, but you know what? I really think this right here works really good, God, because it is all about me anyway, and I kind of like this, so I'm going to do it this way. We call that sin. Disobedience. God put Christ forward to show or demonstrate his righteousness. God's, and, and see, and God's righteousness was imputed by his mercy. In other words, God's mercy made it appear that God is unjust. I want you to put yourself in the position of Uriah's parents. You are, you've heard the story. You know what happens. I'll come out. You're a king. Uriah's king had your son put to death, had your daughter-in-law taken, had, had all this, uh, had all, now your, your son, and it could, uh, we don't know, but for the sake of this, of this to over-dramatize it, who knows, maybe Uriah was the only son. He was your, he was your, your, your future, but, but whether it's the only son or several, your son was killed by your king, and you found out God's judgment on him meant the son with Uriah's ex-wife died. Do you really think that paid for that sin? I mean, you really feel like, do you feel like justice was done if you're Uriah's parents? Do you feel like, man, God is really just. He really got, got David, didn't he? Or do you feel like, wait a minute, God. He killed our son. Did you take away the kingdom from him? Well, a little bit for a little while. What? He abused his authority. He, it, look what all he did. It looks like God's unjust. He appears unjust, as I would tell the kids. Imagine this. A, 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 a judge knows this person's guilty, knows they did the crime, and instead of punishing them, provides forgiveness for them. Does that feel just to you? So, so Paul writes here that, that, it was, that, that God's righteousness, that the Christ died on the cross to demonstrate God's righteousness, because at this time, because of God's forbearance, it looks as if he is unjust. How can God be just if he allows sinners and criminals to escape punishment for their crimes? 
this is not just or justice, is it? And see, God's love for the world moved him to forbear his justice. Now, he did not just forgive or forget about sins. Justice, what, justice will always, always be served. God cannot put, just put his justice aside forever. That's what makes it so great about, about how all this fits together. That in, in God's economy outside of the, the time in heaven, the events of the cross was always the events of the cross. It wasn't like he had to wait on it. From our perspective, they, they, were, they were a future event. But in God's mind, they had, already, they had always been there. And, and sins are always paid for. I remember talking once to a, uh, a Muslim, and he was trying to convert me to Islam, and I was trying to convert him to Christianity, and we're sitting down at a dinner table, and we're talking about this at lunch, and, and uh, um, you know, he was, he was telling about you know, how, to, how to be a Muslim and be a good Muslim and be obedient and all this. And, and so I asked him, though, in, in our conversation, I said, so, so let me ask you a question. Do, do, what happens to your sin? And he said, he told me, he said, well, your sins are forgiven. And when you become a Muslim and you pronounce the Shahada, you know, that, 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 that you know, there is no God but, but Allah and Muhammad. When you pronounce that and you mean it, then all your sins are forgiven. I said, well, that's great, but what happens afterwards? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, so, so, so do you ever go back to your time of prayer when you're doing your, your, your prayer time? Do you ever just let your mind just sort of drift and wonder? And, and you know, you can imagine you do this five times a day, and, and this, you hear this guy, you know, you're supposed to, you're going through prayers. Um, I knew I was pretty safe in, in, in saying, yeah, his mind probably wonders, you know. I mean, I don't know about you, but, but you pray once a day. Does your mind ever wonder? Well, yeah, it does. You know, especially if somebody else is doing the praying. I mean, I know we, we don't have that problem. When anybody else is praying, man, we're, we're right on top of it. When we're, we're, we're involved in every word. We'll never think about anything else, right? But five times, I'm sure sometimes it happens. And I said, did your mind ever wonder? And he said, what? Yeah. I said, is that a sin? He said, oh, yeah, that's a horrible sin. That's terrible. I said, what happens to that sin? He said, well, I said, what do you mean? I said, no, what's, what does, does, does God punish you? He said, well, no, God, you just do good deeds, and it kind of overcomes it, and, just sort of, and God just sort of forgets about it. And I looked at him, and I said, huh, my God's holier than your God. He didn't like that, by the way. He said, what do you mean? I said, because in Christianity, every sin has to be paid for. Every single sin has to be paid for. God is just. And they're either paid for by the person who committed them or Jesus Christ. And see, God, Christ died on the cross to demonstrate or to reveal or show God's righteousness. And he goes on, he repeats it for emphasis. In verse 26, it is to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God is always just, even when he did not appear to be just, such as with the case of Uriah or with David or, or when Abraham lied about Sarah or any unpunished sin in the Old Testament or even in my own life. He's always just. But it, at times it appears like he's not. But the death of Christ on the cross, God is both just and the justifier. 
Now, he could be just without Christ's death. All it takes is every single sin to be punished. Every time we sin, we died. Of course, only good, the good news, there's good and bad news about that. The good news is you would only commit one sin. Right? The bad news is everyone would only commit one sin. And that would be all of us. But God was not content. His righteousness was not content in just being just, but in also being the justifier. And that's what's the amazing thing about this section or verse. As he's talking about the gospel, as he's revealing the gospel to us, it's, if it, it's not just about him being just. It's about him also being the justifier. That the one... That, that the one who is, is, is he is God. God is. God is the one who died on the cross in Jesus Christ. He is the one who is just. He is the one who is the justifier. And no other religion has this amazing claim that their God is just and the justifier. He is the one who pronounces us righteous while at the same time keeping his just and his justice intact. And this is to be received by faith. And it's to believe all of it. I can't pick and choose. I can't look, and look at it and say, as long as I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, it's all good. Now, the rest of the Bible, all the, all the rest of the things that teach me that, I, I don't, no, I don't really believe that to be true. But I believe that part. We're to live a life that demonstrates God is right. This, this, is, this is what the gospel is. We're called to this. We're to live in this right. So we believe God is right. And we fail every day. Without exception. But this doesn't remove us from that calling. You know, here's the thing. We could take, we could take, any, we could take any law. We could take anything that's written in the in the, the, the Bible and make it a law and say, I'm going to do this because God said so. And make it a bunch of laws and just follow on the laws. But this isn't faith. Faith is saying, I believe this is the right thing. I'm going to do this not because it's a law, but because this is right. Because God said it. The God who created the universe, the God of all, the God said it. And so I'm going to believe it's right. And when I fail, I think, why did I do that? I know God's right. I know he is. But I just failed. And we're to receive all this by faith. To believe all of this is true. All of this is right. And Paul said that as it goes on through, through Romans, as we begin to talk in chapter, the rest of chapter 3 and 4, talk about faith. It is to believe everything, not just Jesus Christ died on the cross. Not just that he was born of a virgin and died on the cross. Not just that he was born of a virgin and lived sinless. And all these things are important, and you, you have to believe that too. But it's faith in, in, in everything that God is and everything that God has done. And say God is righteous always. And we struggle with that, don't we? 
when, when these things happen to us, when, 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 when horrible things happen to us, when bad things happen to us, we really struggle with believing God's right in that, don't we? No, that wasn't right. I, that shouldn't have happened to me. I shouldn't have to deal with that. That's when it takes faith. That's when it takes faith. To say, you know what? God's right every single time. And if, when, every time I doubt that, and every time I struggle with that, and every time I look at that and say, God, it, it doesn't feel right. I look back to the Bible, look back to the cross and say, oh, yeah. You know what? God's righteousness is always there. God's always righteous. He's always righteous. When death happens unexpected, God is righteous. It was the right thing. Lose a job, God's righteous. It was the right thing. Tragedy happens to your two kids. God is righteous. It was the right thing. And we receive it by faith. Let's pray. Lord, we, all of us, I think, at times are in this situation, Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. We struggle with that. Lord, Christ is the demonstration of your righteousness. When you look back at all of the, all of the sins in my life that, that, that you, uh, but your grace that, that Christ was the propitiation from. And it's a demonstration of your righteousness. Look back in the, on the, in the events of, 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 of whether it's Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve, or the sin I'll commit today. And you're in your forbearance. But I was not destroyed. Lord, you're still just. And you have demonstrated your righteousness in Christ. And Lord, it is to be received by faith. Lord, I pray you'd help us to grow in that. Help us to grow in faith. Help us to see that, that, that all of those sins were paid for through the death of Jesus Christ. And all that was spoken of through the prophet and the law of your righteousness. And I pray, God, you'd help us live this out in your son's name. Amen. As we take this time of singing,